0: Growing up in Singapore, talking about sex has never been easy. Well, because there are so many ways to talk about sex. It is a private topic, it is shameful and misinterpreted, and it can also be very scandalous. But related to sex, talking about sexually transmitted infections such as HIV is also not easy, but it is crucial for everybody's health. And non-profit organizations such as Action for AIDS Singapore, also known as AFA, comes up with creative strategies to educate and advocate for communities vulnerable to HIV. They use gay dating apps.
1: We have like our own grinder profile, like set up with like the anonymous clinic there as a profile, and then
0: they also use superstars people look up to.
1: These older Chinese celebrities that act on Channel Eight
0: all in aim to educate, destigmatize, and encourage people to test for HIV. My name is Xin and growing up, I knew close to nothing about HIV and sexuality and LGBTQ rights in Singapore. This episode of my podcast engages in conversation with members of AFA to better understand how HIV is perceived in Singapore, how they educate about HIV prevention, and advocate for those who are misrepresented.
1: Coming from Singapore, I, I like sexual health education is
0: terrible. <laughs> this is Jeff, former research and advocacy executive at Action for AIDS.
1: Uh, in schools, like they don't really teach you much, and it's more of like a scare, like a scare tactic. At least at my time, which I believe is still continuing, it's a very heteronormative curriculum where they encourage abstinence, abstinence first. And STDs or STIs were sort of like the scare, scare scaremongering or like, okay.
0: Honestly, it's not that different from what I learned growing up. And there's a reason behind this heteronormativity. The way that Singaporean law sees it, gay sex is scandalous. Carried down from the British colonial system by the People's Action Party, Singapore's dominant political party, Section 377A of the Penal Code prohibits and criminalizes sexual intercourse between consenting male adults. Up to today! And it is said to still exist because Singapore remains a, quote-unquote, conservative society. Not everybody is happy about this regulation. And every year, Pink Dot Singapore, an event that draws thousands of supporters for LGBTQ rights, is held to demand the repeal of Section 377A. Pink Dot is an outdoor event held in Honglim Park, where the Speaker's Corner is located, Singapore's only state-authorized location for political open-air debates and discussions. Singapore's version of the Speaker's Corner is not exactly a space for freedom of expression, for the space remains heavily regulated. But the Speaker's Corner is a chance for citizen voices to be incorporated into the nation-building of Singapore. Thank
1: you very much for having Pink Dot 2015. I'm Avin. I'm a person living with HIV.
0: This is Avin Tan, Singapore's second person to come out to the general public as HIV positive. Avin was also the Advocacy and Partnerships Manager at AFA, and he is giving a speech for Pink Dot 2015.
1: My biggest fear when I was preparing to come out was that I will lose all my friends, I will lose my fair chance at work, and lose the love for my family. The dread and anxiety was crippling.
0: Avin's impassioned speech was met with cheers and applause from thousands of supporters. But large-scale events like Pink Dot don't happen often in the speaker's corner. The green, open space is usually quiet, another urban garden. Instead of assuming that Singaporeans have no opinions on politics, or that the dominant political party, the People's Action Party, is flawlessly attuning to the needs of its citizens, I explore how Singapore's political landscape is designed to value material comforts over encouraging critical thinking of politics. It is designed to avoid challenging questions such as why does the Penal Code 377A still exist? How do people living with HIV experience discrimination and stigmatization? And most importantly, how do we challenge and change these biased narratives for it to be more inclusive or compassionate?
1: The the portrayal of people living with HIV in in traditional media has always been doom and gloom, right? Um, terminal illness. They don't even think of HIV as different from AIDS. They think if you have HIV, you will definitely get AIDS. They don't even realize that even if you have AIDS, you can go back to having HIV. People don't know because they always think it linearly and it's one way and it's death.
0: These messages and portrayals are far from accurate. So when people do share stories about living with HIV, many Singaporeans react with preconceived assumptions.
1: So on one hand, they will be like, they deserve it because of their lifestyle which is either like gay or sexually promiscuous and then there's kind of like condemnation on one hand the other one is like saying oh he already has this terminal illness poor thing like just leave him alone (laughs) you know it's very funny because they have no idea about this whole movement where the rest of the world has already gone on to talk about you equals you which is undetectable equals untransmissible. And in Singapore, healthcare is really good, so there is no reason, like most people living with HIV, so long as they're seeking treatment, they are actually undetectable.
0: So we see a huge irony here. Many people might still think that HIV is a death sentence, but seeking treatment, also known as antiretroviral therapy, will decrease HIV viral load to the point of undetectable, when HIV becomes no longer transmissible through body fluids. But under all the taboo and stigmatization, it's actually very difficult for vulnerable individuals to seek social and familial support.
2: So uh, AFA runs a support group for individuals who are newly diagnosed with HIV.
0: This is Tina. she led a psychoeducational support group at AFA
2: receiving an HIV diagnosis is life-changing. Of course, with the current uh, medicine and health technologies, HIV is no longer a death sentence, but in Singapore particularly, um, it can come with a lot of ramifications. And there is, from my experience of leading those groups, there is a lot of shame and a lot of secrecy that comes with that. And in Singapore, it's quite common for multiple generations of families to live under the same roof. And I would say that's a very common theme that I hear um, in individuals that come in saying that they can't tell their family, but it's so hard taking the medication and suffering from the side effects and not being able to be honest.
0: This is exactly why the work at AFA really matters in Singapore. They provide networks of care and holistic support services to people who need them, especially to those whose identity is not recognized in a country that enforces heteronormativity. In Singapore's politically strict environment, it's actually quite difficult to formally organize as activists or advocates for matters such as queer rights. But small pockets of space for activism exist through nonprofit organizations such as AFA.
1: And the way we always frame it or the way Singapore politics works is um, the government will tolerate, to some extent, some activism, so long as it's deemed apolitical. When it came to uh, LGBTQ rights, for example, queer rights, the most active organization in that sense is actually AFA. In, in that sense, we're like the most legally recognized by the government, and we do get support from the government because of the way we present ourselves as an apolitical organization. And it's because we come from a health, public health perspective.
0: While remaining apolitical, AFA lends its support to more political organizations such as Project X, an organization supporting rights for sex workers that is barely tolerated by the government.
1: We are here to serve the community and also because the government cannot be seen as legitimately providing services for taboo Um, or marginalized communities, not just the LGBTQ, but also like sex workers um, or um, men who engage in commercial sex. Also, like these affected populations are something uh, that the government wants to help, but they can't do it in a formal sense. So they do it through organizations like this.
0: AFA works in an intermediary space between the government and the activist. It utilizes its political currency to support and partner with activist organizations while also collaborating and establishing ties with the government. AFA's political currency also allows it to conduct nationwide outreach programs and provide free anonymous testing, especially for vulnerable communities. Two main forms of testing services are offered. One is through their testing clinic, which is open three times a week. And the alternative is a mobile testing service, where AFA reaches different locations to conduct HIV and other STI testing.
1: We always emphasize that we are non-governmental. It is actually the most affordable in Singapore because it's not-for-profit. You cannot get any uh, tests that's cheaper than ours and we also give up free testing. And also we do it as anonymous. And this is something that Singaporeans are very, very particular about. And um, this relates also to the HIV registry. So with the HIV registry, as long as you test positive, you go into the system.
0: The HIV registry is a database in the hands of the Ministry of Health. In 2019, the data for more than 14,000 people diagnosed with HIV including foreign visitors, has been leaked online.
1: And that's a problem number one for Singaporeans or permanent residents who don't want to be captured by this uh, system. And the other thing is also because as a foreigner, if you are positive for HIV, that's grounds for deportation. Then that calls a different kind of intervention, right? So what we do is we give them a referral to our like partner organizations in Thailand and Malaysia mainly. Uh, we have kind of like this referral um or we have information about where to go for treatment so then our advice is like okay you take this form your information is here you go here you seek treatment there and you do not get captured in the medical system here then you can actually stay in the country until your pass expires Um, it's a few months ahead then it's like okay now you have time to prepare yourself
0: So AFA provides accessible HIV testing and post-diagnosis support for everybody in Singapore, regardless of citizenship. But physical barriers are not the only barriers that stand against HIV prevention. Well first, there is the fear of the law. Section 377 a directly targets communities most vulnerable to HIV, which is the men who have sex with men community. Because HIV is often misconceived as an exclusively gay disease, some might even think that HIV is the consequence of having, quote unquote, legal sex. Moreover, the censorship and silence surrounding HIV and queerness in general prevents people from being fully aware and educated about how HIV exists in our society. Misinformation drives discrimination, and they work together like a vicious cycle.
2: You know. You can catch HIV through a hug. You can get catch HIV sharing food, which is both very common misconceptions in Singapore. And I think a large part of that has to do with how this sort of information is being censored by the government and you're not seeing in widespread media. And the thing about social media and information on the internet is you have to know to look for it it doesn't just come across you. Um, you know, the Internet is a little bit of um, maybe like an echo chamber where it, it does cater to you and your views. But when there is information that is important to you, but you don't know it is,
0: how do you get access to that? This is exactly the question. How do you find accurate, important information in this bottomless chasm known as the Internet? Simple answer is it's difficult. It's difficult and AFA is trying to change that. AFA recognizes the traits and behaviors of each target community and designs outreach programs that align best with their needs. The main goals are often to encourage testing, to provide education, or to destigmatize HIV in the community.
1: The gay population, the best way we reach them is through the gay dating apps. So we have like our own grinder profile, like the different profiles are uh, set up with, with like the anonymous clinic there as a profile. And then because it's distance-based so they can see like, oh, this is like a few hundred meters away from you. And then they will just like text us, asking us where we are and, and stuff like that. And they'll just come down for a testing. And that's one way we reach them. And, and usually the gay community in Singapore, they're very well-informed because they tend to be also our most, the biggest target base and we also we have a very strong uh, MSM program so men who have sex with men program where they do a lot of outreach with social media and new media.
0: But HIV is definitely not a gay disease. Heterosexual men who engage with sex workers are also at risk and AFA has a team dedicated to heterosexual outreach programs.
1: So when it comes to sex work there's two demographics. One is the sex workers themselves Uh, And then the other one is um, men who buy sex. And the men who buy sex tend to come from a very specific demography, which is usually older uh, heterosexual Chinese men. And then they usually go to like KTVs and like all those establishments to purchase sex. So how we reach them actually is through traditional media, which is the Chinese um, broadcasting 93, I don't know, it's some FM like oh. <laughs> the radio broadcasting, right? Okay. So
0: I later found out it was Capital 95.8 FM, a Chinese information and news station.
1: So we have divisional manager and he's in charge of the heterosexual outreach program. So he goes on there to kind of promote and also like give out free testing.
0: When we often think of media, we're often associated with digital media, social media, Facebook which are all very important mediums for knowledge distribution. But the heterosexual outreach team at AFA is thinking about media that your uncles or grandparents would use. This includes the radio and also stage performances. The annual Ge Tai in Singapore is a crowded, popular gathering for elderly Chinese citizens. It is like its own festival, its own holiday.
1: This festival that happens every year where they do the Chinese opera, they do like physical setups. We bring the van, like our testing van, to those area, uh, to those events. Usually, we have like prior partnerships, and then during those shows, someone will go up and like and they get celebrities. Actually, the main way we target this group is to use um, this older Chinese celebrities that act on Channel Eight, and then they will be te- promoting um, testing HIV/AIDS awareness and stuff like that. So, Channel
0: Eight celebrities. It's like seeing TV in real life. Imagine your favorite actor or actress encouraging you to get HIV tested. It's peculiar, but you can't not admit that it's kind of interesting.
1: I I did go for uh, testing with this community once. They tend to be quite nonchalant about it (laughs) in some sense. It's like they just said you do the test. They're not really worried. They don't really ask many questions. They just want to know whether it's positive or not. So it's a little different because when we do testing, we don't just provide the service. What we usually do, is we also do counseling, right? So it's it's our chance to do like interpersonal one-on-one kind of education in some sense, right? So it's really only the younger folks who are able to engage with us and ask us questions. Uh, there was one that I want to mention, which has also got to do with a little bit of race, but... It was very hard to reach the Malay Muslim community in Singapore. There is quite a overrepresentation of also Malay Muslim younger folks who are being tested positive for HIV. The heterosexual uh, Malay Muslim community is very hard to reach because there's also like the religious aspect to it. And the reason why they're kind of overrepresented it's it's nothing to do with race say like it's it's not inherently because they are of this race, that's why they are more it's because also of the socioeconomic uh, context. From an academic sense, you know social structures kind of also limit your opportunities and also influence the ways in which you behave. So with the Malay Muslim community, they have been structurally left behind socioeconomically marginalized. Um, they tend to engage in a lot of um, teenage premarital sex. And then the other aspect of it is their faith, uh, where their faith kind of also technically they're not allowed to use contraception. Yeah, that pressure is actually very real amongst that community. And reaching them is gonna be always a uphill battle.
0: A lot more has to be done to create a culture of acknowledgement and understanding towards intersectional identities. These communities are often unrepresented and creating stigma surrounding sexual health makes it even more inaccessible for them. I think it's something that should be addressed on a more structural level, in terms of race, gender, and class. Nonetheless, the work that AFA does is unique and absolutely crucial in Singapore. With credibility earned from the cooperative and strategic relationships with the government, AFA is a trusted community partner amongst the public. But since the Singaporean public remains majority conservative, AFA has to be nimble. As an organization, AFA usually chooses not to partake in political discussions on social issues, and their apolitical nature is a strategy they use to maintain support from the general public.
1: It is a very pragmatic way to go about it, which is our government's favorite strategy, right? pragmatism, (laughs) Um, but also... Number one is we have the trust as a non-governmental, apolitical institution. We have the trust from the government. We have the trust from the public. So they see us as more of a health organization providing services. Um, So they're not afraid to associate with us because AFA, we, okay, I'm no longer part of the organization so I cannot speak for the organization. But my perspective is although AFA pits itself as the forefront of change, I don't think we're we're not the vanguard of uh, social change in Singapore. We are more of the moderate kind of like slow changing of mindsets kind of way. We don't rock the boat, but we're here to fill the gaps
0: kind of approach. I understand what Jeff means. It's like putting a band-aid on the structural problem, which is the lack of awareness and education surrounding sexual health. On top of that, I also think there is a major lack in representation of queer communities, especially those living with HIV. There is a deliberate erasure of queer history by Singapore's dominant political party, the People's Action Party, who has been in power since Singapore's independence from the British sovereignty in 1965. This leaves a very narrow conception of what queerness means in Singapore. But I don't think this silence will remain here forever. More and more people are coming out as HIV positive on social media, sharing their stories, and demystifying some of the most common false impressions. Recently, a young Malay Muslim woman bravely came out to the public as HIV positive, and it was a parent-to-child transmission. Whatever people associated HIV with, she's not it. The media can be a double-edged sword. It is a source of misinformation, but can also revolutionize human interactions. Singaporeans have been influenced by movements such as You Equal You that grew through social media, and many have found their ways to educate themselves about sexual health via the internet. Frankly, the conservative society can't catch up. Heteronormative curriculums and silence is no longer an option. Something has to change.
2: I think... Progress has to come from a little bit of a cultural shift. I know Singapore is, although it is a very advanced country, it can be very conservative in many of its policies and the way that it presents itself. Um, And the government has a lot of control. And these are all things that infringe on the ability of free flow and free access to information and speech. And if people are not talking, things will not change. Information will not exchange hands. We can remove a lot more of that culture taboo and stigma and make it more okay to talk about certain topics. Then there will be less of that need for secrecy and less of that shame.
1: So we were doing this uh, HIV stigma discrimination uh, kind of talk. And one of the most memorable thing for me was there was this um, a middle-aged woman who kind of asked us a question or not more, more like a comment right at the end when we kind of have like this interaction she was uh, she stood up she said that it was a very insightful talk uh, something she wasn't aware of and how do i talk to my children about this she thought that this was really important and something that she needs to talk to her children to but she don't have the resource she doesn't know how to exactly do that Number one is she she didn't really fall into our target demography of people who, are, who tend to be our allies. And it was very shocking when she said that she really thought that it was very impactful and she wanted this to be taught to her children. And I think um, that is something telling where this is the direction that at least actual health curriculum should be going towards. And the way we do it is we're very sex positive, right? And we didn't do it the conventional abstinence way. And if parents like her believe that it's something that children should benefit from, and I think in, in time at least, Singapore moved towards that direction.
0: Ideas relating to gender expression and queer politics might not have been the topics that guided the past generations of Singaporeans. I recognize that it's a privilege to be able to spend a large portion of my time thinking about political ideals, to not have to prioritize pragmatism. But at the same time, I'm thinking about the people who feel lost and discouraged in Singapore, a place where Section 377A in the Penal Code still exists, and where discrimination against queerness is legitimized in so many ways. AFA is only one of the many organizations that works to support marginalized individuals, and there's always more to be done.